Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of the 7 Investing Podcast, where it's our mission to empower you to invest in your future. I'm 7 Investing founder and CEO, Simon Erickson, and we're seeing a change in the way that companies are raising capital these days. We've gotten used to, for decades, the traditional IPO, where you have underwriters that buy shares and then distribute those to the public markets. But we're seeing quite a few changes, whether it's direct listings, whether it's SPACs, whether it's crowdfunding, or whether it's privately held companies using cloud-based platforms to raise capital in the most efficient way as possible. I'm really excited to be welcoming my guest today, Rebecca Cassaba and, um, and uh, Matt Goldstein, who are both the co-founders of DealMaker. They're joining me from Austin, Texas, even though the company is based in Toronto, Canada. Rebecca and Matt, thanks for joining me on the 7 Investing Podcast today. Thanks for having us, Simon. Happy to be here. Thanks, Simon. We've got some fun stuff to talk about here. I'd love to get your opinions in a minute about the future of capital raising. You've got a really fun story about the Green Bay Packers that we want to tell in a minute. But let's start at the 10,000 foot level. I know that both of you have a legal background. What was it that you saw that was going on in the market and what led you to want to start DealMaker as a company? We saw a problem in the way that our clients were trying to raise capital. You know, Matt was on Wall Street and I was on Bay Street and we saw on you know every side of the border there was a challenge in that it was really the Wild West. When, when, when an issuer does an IPO, there's a very streamlined process. But when they're trying to raise money, particularly retail money, the process was really broken. It was costing too much. The investors weren't having a good experience and our clients weren't having a good experience. And so we saw the JOBS Act come out. We saw what the administration was trying to do with that act. And we decided, you know what, this is a space that's ripe for technology. There's got to be a better way for companies to raise capital and investors to have a better experience. Yeah, and I'd add, Simon, we, we started this company at a time where the, the world was really moving in a certain direction and the internet powered that direction. And that meant that companies were making sales online. They were opening up transparency and collaboration so that people could see and count in real time what was happening um, across their uh, across their communities, and you know, like in every major city in the world, if you stand waiting for a subway on the platform, you'll see the train is coming in three minutes, two minutes, one minute. But in the capital markets, no one could really tell what was happening on a deal. Was the book filled? Had the company raised? Had they met the minimums? There was this black box. And when everybody can collaborate in real time using Google Docs, it just seemed like it made sense for there to be a better way. Makes a lot of sense for the transparency, certainly improves the experience. Are there other limitations that you've seen from those traditional methods? You know, we know that the IPO, there's a lot of money that's kind of left on the table on the IPO pop the first day of trading that's captured by the underwriters rather than the companies themselves. Um, what were some of the other problems that you were seeing? I think you mentioned efficiency as one of them too there, Rebecca. Yeah, definitely there's an efficiency problem. But what we've seen emerge in the last couple of years is retail capital raising by really good companies. You know, Green Bay just being one example, a lot of interesting technology companies, carbon technology companies, where they can approach Main Street investors or everyday investors in a different way with that transparency. They don't just need to raise money from VCs or from Wall Street bankers. And that's given 
a really unique opportunity for the average investor to get in on some of these deals pre-IPO. You know, we can talk about SPACs being a different kind of structure that allows the average investor to do that. But these kind of reg A, reg CF type raises are allowing people to get into companies at an earlier stage, which means different valuations. And it's great for the companies because they can take their offering out to people who are really passionate about the company. They can set their own terms. They can have a lot more control rather than giving up a board seat on day one. And I think we're also at a moment in history where people really want to have a direct connection to something they own. We see that with NFTs, we see that with art, we see that with fractionalization. You saw that with Reddit on Wall Street bets, with GameStop, with Robinhood. People today, the retail public, the mainstream US, you know, non-professional public want to buy into companies or want to own a piece of something that they have a connection to. And so with our platform and with some of the changes in the regulations, we've we've been part of that shift in the capital markets to open up the opportunity to companies to speak directly to their stakeholders. And now every company today has a mailing list or it has an Instagram following or it has a, a circle of influence. And with um, what we're doing in the market, we're starting to empower those companies to reach their stakeholders directly. And I think the Green Bay Packers is a great example. They've for 80 years, been the masters of turning their fans into shareholders. And you know, our message, and when we have these conversations, it's really kind of what's really resounding is that opportunity is available to anyone. People can turn their fans into uh, a source of capital. They can turn their customers into investors. And that relationship between the company and the people who care about it can really strengthen and deepen. That's a perfect example. Let's let's double click on that one in terms of connecting with your audience. You know, we mentioned the Green Bay Packers a couple of times already, just to give some uh, some details on what we're talking about. Uh, back in November, the Green Bay Packers worked with your company, worked with DealMaker to raise more than thirty million dollars online within just the first forty eight hours. Uh, that's really interesting. I think most people are talking about whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to retire this month, but you guys are looking at the Packers in a different light. Can you talk about that, kind of how that experience goes? I mean, do you reach out to a company? They want to work with your cloud-based platform to do a capital raise. They want to say what it is that they want to, whatever they want to say to connect with their fans or their investors. And then you take it from there. How, how does this experience look for a, for a company? Well, I think tie it back to the conversation we've been having so far. When, when, when the Green Bay Packers first launched their stock sale, the first time they ever did it was 1920s, right? And, you know, over the course of history, they would have been having people mail them checks and they'd be mailing out a share certificate. And over time with technology and really technology, we've been a big part of pioneering, they can now host a stock sale the same way that you know, a shoe company would run an e-commerce campaign. So we give them the tools to process payment by credit card, to settle in real time, to be able to track and close on interest um, from their community. And um, for, you know, for us, that's really, that's really the story because this becomes a way for more companies to connect with their fan base and more companies to turn their, you know, to turn the people that care about them into a source of capital. Absolutely, Matt. Now, you let me know when you guys work with the New Orleans Saints. That's my beloved team in the NFL. If you have a capital raise for them, I'm certainly in on buying some shares of that one. Uh, there's other options that companies have out there, especially for publicly traded companies or companies that want to be publicly traded. 
Uh, we've seen the direct listing kind of rise in popularity the last couple of years. That's where insiders or founders can offer their shares directly to the public markets without an underwriter. We've seen the special purpose acquisition companies, the SPACs, become extremely popular in 2021 especially. Uh, do you guys have thoughts on, on either of these other capital raising techniques, maybe some of the limitations or some of the other considerations that investors should think about before they pursue one of those? Yeah, I see the direct listing as, as a complement to any kind of retail capital raising. I think that's the same signal we're seeing from the SEC saying we want to give average people access to these opportunities. We don't just want them to be held behind the gilded gates of the investment bankers. And, and that's a great way to jumpstart the economy. And that was the original innovation there. SPACs, you know, we've been working in the capital markets for over a decade and have seen them come in and out of favor over the years. I think what led to a lot of them being created was a lot of capital being in the ecosystem and that capital needing to find a home somewhere in order to make returns for people. And so that led to a big growth in the SPAC situation. And I think it remains to be seen now they need to do their qualifying transaction. How many businesses are there out there that they can find and complete those transactions with? Absolutely. And if we just touch really quickly on valuation, you know, there's some different approaches that companies can take to figuring out what the valuation is, right? Uh, right. Whether it's uh, an underwriter going out and doing a roadshow, SPACs have definitely got a different process. How do you approach the valuation that the public or investors would be comfortable with for the companies that you would work with for your software? Yeah, so the, I think that's the nice thing for, for a retail raise. A company has their own flexibility to do that. You know, as the technology, we're not involved in helping them set a valuation, but they can offer the kind of shares they want. You know, in a VC model, they're going to be locked into a pref share, uh, whereas in a retail raise, they Usually we've seen a lot of commons or commons plus warrants, which is a structure that uh, can be very beneficial to the buyer if they then want to see the, if the value of the company goes up and they then want to exercise the warrants and take a bigger ownership position at the original price they purchased at. So a lot, a lot of different structures we're seeing that we can accommodate on our technology platform. Yeah, I think this is another part of the, st the story where technology changes what people can do and changes what people didn't think was possible previously. It used to be the case that when you priced an offering, that was the price and it would be open for six or eight months. And regardless of what was happening with the company, you set a price. But today with online capital raising, you can use techniques like testing the waters you can record expressions of interest, and if you if, and you can be reactive to what the market is telling you about pricing. And to me, that's another way that raising capital in the future more resembles e-commerce and less resembles sort of a stagnant process where you set a price and then um, and then you're stuck with it. Great point. More feedback. More data points. Makes a lot of sense, Matt. Yeah. My final question is, is this a U.S. or North America uh, target market that you're, you're approaching? Are you looking internationally? And is it? And if you are, are things very different in Europe or in Southeast Asia than they are in the, the North American market for you? 
Yeah, great question. We view part of the impact we're having on the market is the globalization of the capital markets. We see investors coming in from all continents, all around the world into these offerings. The U.S., of course, is very much the leader in this, but there is very robust ecosystems developing in South America, in Europe, in Australia, and it's exciting to see all of that converging through our technology and where you can see different heat points on a map as offerings take on a different life in a different jurisdiction. Great. Well, thanks very much. Once again, Rebecca Kazaba and uh, Matt Goldstein of DealMaker, the co-founders joining me from Austin, Texas. The company is based up in Toronto. Uh, thanks very much, Rebecca and Matt. Appreciate you being on the 7 Investing Podcast. Thanks, thanks for Simon. having us, Simon. And thanks for everybody for tuning in. We are here to empower you to invest in your future. We are 7 Investing. A reminder that people on this program may hold positions in the companies that are mentioned. Buying and selling stock carries financial risk, which could include the loss of capital. The views in this program should not be taken as personalized advice. Before acting on any of the information provided, listeners are encouraged to consult a financial or tax professional.